The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there in the jump seat today, producing, as always, is the... I had to come up with like an adjective every day for you. An adjective? The incorrigible Ashley Pickle. Well, all right. Happy Wednesday. Um, so, <laughs> we, we've officially named the pre-show. The we pre-show have. is going to be named the pre-show before the free show. But you know what? I'm going to make an executive decision right here on the air. Oh, man. That is a live exclusive. We're going to cut it out of the podcast. Yeah. So, because we want to incentivize people to watch us live. Yes. So, if you want to get some banter before the show, we do about five minutes beforehand at about 11.55. Uh, so, that's a little extra work for you because you edit the podcast. Yes. But, eh, it's not okay. that much. No, I think, yeah. We want, we can do we want people to watch us. Yes. Uh, that's what we're here for. Also, Greg Powers is here. What's, What's going, going on? Play? Hi, buddy. Howdy. Uh, today is Wednesday, November 13th, 2019. 15 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 857. 857, that's Esteban Herman's OPS in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. On today's show, guys, because we had our Veterans Day special yesterday, which was awesome, per usual, um, we are now kind of combining our normal Tuesday and Wednesday shows. Mm-hmm. So today we'll have this week in recruiting with Powers. We'll announce the... Uh, the Visit Fort Worth Coaches of the Week. We'll announce the Dairy Max Built by Taco Milk Assistant Coaches of the Week. And then we will be joined by Craig Way at the end. So, wow. so yeah, a, a Wednesday. This is a, a heavy-hitting show. show. This uh, is a heavy-hitting show. A Wednesdays with Way instead of Tuesdays. Well, it used to be It used to be on Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we used to have him on Wednesdays. Back in, uh, if you want to get into DCTF Live Canon, we Ooh. used to have him um, on, on that. Um, Throwing it back. Two very small notes. Two? No, just one. Okay, this is the only thing. I don't know if you saw the tweet yesterday. Uh, so, Colby Carthel is the new coach of Stephen F. Austin. Colby Carthel is, uh, he left Texas A&M Commerce to take over Stephen F. Austin. Uh, they've been, they've been kind of riding the struggle bus this year. But obviously, you're a recruiting guy. You've always got to find that little edge, right, in recruiting. you always got to find, and, and so he's been very, so, very active on social media. He's a funny follow on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Last night, he tweeted that... At SFA Football, had no problem putting down 150 Popeye's chicken sandwiches after wow. a chilly Tuesday night <laughs> <Yep>. practice. <laughs> that's worth at least two or three recruits, right? Like, that's going to get him a couple of commits. Well, the fact that they even have a Popeye's. 150 Popeye's chicken sandwiches. And they're on, like, high demand right now, too. So they oh. had to, like, like, I mean, they had to have some favors put in. That means they, that means they called ahead. That means they leaned on somebody. Yeah. So, that's so everybody... You've had the Popeye's chicken sandwich or not? I have not. I have not either. So neither one of you have been in to see what no, a heard, fiasco it is. I've heard it. I've heard it's a nightmare. So when you go into the Popeye's, they don't. They didn't. They didn't overhaul these Popeye's to say now here is your chicken sandwich making station. Mm-hmm. They've impromptu or you know 
just thrown in a station. Yeah. And there's people making these chicken sandwiches all in the back. It's a it's it's crazy. It's a nightmare. So 150. Yeah. That means like that strikes me as so this happened on Tuesday night. That means they probably called in on like after the game on Saturday after they play on Saturday and said hey. We need to put in this order right, right now. now. Oh yeah, and we'll give you forty-eight hours to please make these chicken. It would have been even better if they would have sent an intern <laughs> right. to go pick up a hundred and fifty. <laughs> say we need one hundred and fifty of these sandwiches. Sending a GA to just and they should have filmed wait. it like with how we did with the Texas Seven on Seven with with the, the GoPro. With no. the GoPro. It's a <laughs> GoPro <laughs> adventure of one hundred and fifty pop up. Now that would be a recruiting tool. That's that you impressive could use. stuff. It's very heady stuff. <clears throat> I'm Greg Tepper. That's Greg Powers, and this is this week in Cruton. Greg Powers, the next level athlete, joins us, as he always does, every Wednesday for This Week in Recruiting. A lot to get to here. Um, we will start... We'll start... We, we may, you made our prospect on the rise. It's Crockett 20 uh, tight end uh, Alan Horace, uh, who is a, a, certainly a physical specimen, 6'5", 235. He is in the news, not only because he's a great player, but... He is one of seven guys that, as of this moment, at 12.08 p.m. PM on November 13th, has decommitted from Arkansas after Arkansas um, fired uh, Chad Morris after their loss to Western Kentucky. Um, So they have lost seven commitments. That is not necessarily a surprise. I know that, you know, whenever you fire a coach, uh, you have this kind of churn. A lot of these guys will hurt. Unsurprisingly, Chandler Morris decommitted from, from Highland Park. But um, I will tell you that Alan Horace, of, of course, probably a name that people may not know, uh, who certainly looks the part. And this is kind of like a mixed bag prospect on the rise. To be more specific, that was seven Texas high school football players oh my gosh. who decommitted from Arkansas in the wake of that Chad Morris firing. Uh, Horace was kind of my pick for prospect on the rise because in, in the wake of his decommitment to go back in, and you know, of course you know we were doing – a lot of profiles for DCTF Rising that's uh, set to come out in December. So I watched his tape again over the weekend, and really he played at a very high level uh, his senior year. He's the number 78 prospect right now in the top 100. Uh, that I could see him sliding up because he's number mm-hmm. five in the tight end rankings right now, and you're talking he's like behind guys like Brandon Frazier, who also decommitted from Arkansas, uh, Blake Smith, uh, Jalen Conyers at Groover, you know, there are names like that who are in front of him, but out of all those guys, he may be the most athletic and he might have the most NFL potential out of that group. Well, the, the size alone, 6'5", right. 235, that plays in college right now. You know what right. I mean? Like he could walk onto a college football field and and from a size perspective not stand out. Well, we watched the the first highlight clip that rolled here was him making a leaping grab in the end zone and we first kind of saw that in the state seven-on-seven tournament this year where he was able to take over uh, some games there. But he's an extremely athletic pass catcher who looks the part, and he's long-armed, and he's big-framed, and he's just a good football player. So it would not be a surprise as we make a – I think we've got maybe two more official rankings tweaks to that top 100 scheduled before the final signing day in February. It wouldn't be a surprise to see him slide up that list uh, this week – I mean, this year Mm – before it's all said and done. So that's why he's a prospect on the rise. And then we could also talk a little little bit more about these decommitments. Well, and that's the thing. So the decommitments, the the list reads, Alan Horse, quarterback uh, Chandler Morris from Highland Park. That's not a surprise. That's, right. that's Chad no. Morris's son. <laughs> it's hard, hard to imagine he's going to stay committed to Arkansas when they just fired his dad. 
Uh, another tight end in McKinney Norris, Brandon Frazier. Carthage wide receiver, Calvante Dixon. That's a pretty heavy hitter there. Uh, Mason Mangum, the wide receiver from Austin Westlake. John Gentry, the running back from North Shore. That's not Zachary Evans, but right. is... I mean, when Zach... John Gentry's really good. Right. No, he'd be starting in all, like every he, other program. Basically every other program, maybe like... Uh, who's the second best running back in the state? Well, he's probably behind the top. I mean, he would be behind Jace McClellan, Seth yeah. McGowan. Those yeah. guys are like top but that's 10. It. <laughs> right. But that's right. it. Yeah. Um, and then Savion Williams, the wide receiver from Marshall. Um, a lot of East Texas flair as in DFW flair and Austin flair because those are the places that Chad Morris has some pull there. Um, obviously, this is going to be a developing story in the recruiting world as far as uh, right. how this how this shakes out. It's not a surprise that they have a bunch of decommits with, the, with a coach getting fired. Uh, but suddenly, if you are some of these guys who have offered these kids and they're back on the market, right? their phones are going to start blowing up again. And uh, something interesting to watch is uh, former Gilmer uh, head coach, uh, Texas assistant, SMU assistant, and now Arkansas assistant, Jeff Trailer is one or is known to be one of the best mm-hmm. uh, Texas high school football recruiting guys in the country. Mm-hmm. And who uh, turns up the heat and comes after Jeff Trailer? Does the new hire there – try to solidify him on that staff or does that open the doors for some other schools to possibly come in and hire who is basically a recruiting savant yeah i mean that guy is uh nails when it comes to especially recruiting east texas he's an ace right. he's he's a recruiting ace uh in the same way that like um like baylor hired joey mcguire to right. be a recruiting ace mm-hmm. um down in Houston when they hired Corby Meekins to be their recruiting ace. These guys who have these commit these these deep ties to Texas that can go that can walk into any any coach's office in the state and say, "Hey, tell me about your kid and let's talk about how we can get him out to to where we're where we're playing." Well, what's interesting about Trailer is you see his stamp on all these programs still. You know, Brandon Jones at Texas is one of the guys who's playing at a high level and then he's got guys at SMU who are still playing there mm-hmm. and now as he's leaving Arkansas from their class that they signed last year I think that he's going to have an impression on what the future of that team is uh, so who wouldn't want to hire that guy uh, let's get to our uh, commit of the week our commit of the week is Dejon Harrison the wide receiver from Hutto um, surprise surprise Hutto's got another kid <laughs> and, and and DFW or rather Tom Herman has sealed the borders around Austin in that regard uh, has kind of uh, went to make sure that he he keeps local kids local Dejon Harrison uh, the wide receiver from Hutto uh, is a, a certainly a guy who can play, I think, both sides of the ball. But uh, where, where what, what do you think about Deshaun Harrison? Well, look at his tape right here, and, and what he's done is he's continued to improve each and every rep of his high school career. Or he's playing at a very high level as a senior. I think that's kind of what led to this commitment, and Texas refocus on him to bring him in uh, to this class is potentially versatility. You touched on it. He could play on either side of the football, but he's electric with the football in his hands. He's got great agility and make a miss ability in the open field. Uh, very good pass catcher. That probably translates well to the defensive side of the football where these guys are harder to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, he closes on the ball in a flash and um, has that hip flexibility that you're really looking for I think that the coordinators there will have a little bit of a battle uh, and a discussion about what position fits him best but I think that he's been kind of picked out to play some receiver for them but if it doesn't work out don't be surprised if it's defense let's get to our underclassmen of the week I was laying out uh, capsules for the 2019 recruiting edition of Dave Campbell's Texas football which goes to press next week um, I was laying those out last week, and I, I laid out the name of Dallas Skyline 2021 wide receiver Quadarius Davis. Uh, Texas picks up a wide receiver in Dejon Harrison for 2020. They lose yep. a wide receiver for 2021. Quadarius uh, Davis has decommitted from Texas. Uh, 
he he's making a habit of this. He's already <laughs> he he also decommitted from SMU uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, or earlier. But Quadarius Davis has offers from all over, and and wherever he goes, he's going to be an impact player. Well, he is one of these wide receivers who plays with an edge, mm-hmm. um, and he brings that on the field and off the field. He's a guy who has a lot of passion. He's a big playmaker. Uh, as a matter of fact, he may have had the best catch in the state this year on a one-handed grab in one of his games early. I can't remember who they were playing off the top of my head, but it was like a, a viral or big moment um, where he was able to go up with one hand and snag the football out of the air. Um, and didn't really kind of talk about this in the the blurb that we wrote about Quay and his decommitment from Texas, but an interesting fact is that Rashad Samples was probably kind of responsible for his recruitment initially at Texas, who is now an assistant coach at SMU. Mm-hmm. Quay Davis was at one time committed to SMU before Rod Sh- Rashad Samples was there. So that's potentially something to watch. You know, SMU's had a great year on the football field. They've landed some solid recruits. But if they can get back in on a guy like Quay Davis and entice him to come back into the fold as a commitment, you're talking about a top 100 national guy uh, that could potentially end up at a school like SMU. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just saying it's something to watch because of the relationship. Right. He's he's certainly got the size there. It's six, six foot 185 pounds. He, he, a, a bigger, bigger wide receiver there. I have a question real fast yes. that I don't know. Um, is, can, is there like a maximum number of time that you can decommit somewhere? Nope. Like no, you can just until you keep doing until it. you the well not I mean I'll leave it to the recruiting expert but no you can you can commit and decommit every single day if you'd like if you wanted to and you and schools would still take your commitment at some point yes. you know you'll probably lose some interest in the wake of that but until your name is inked on a letter yes. of intent you can verbal commit as much as you want verb you make a verb non we like to describe it as a non-binding verbal pledge yes Ver, not, verbal commitments are non-binding that is the uh the, the it's so and i don't we, know we can get into the talk about I don't how much that drives rec- me nuts that's, but right <laughs> i don't know what the record is but there was a safety and i can't remember his name off the top of my head i think he played at wichita falls rider and he switched back and forth between he was a bit markel um, he went to Oklahoma State. He was a big-time safety. Markel Martin, maybe. Uh, he switched back and forth between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State like three or four times. This signing day. You know, That's right. frustrating for them. Uh, yes, most most definitely. Uh, finally, let's get to our Recruit of the Week with Greg Powers and Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at GPowerScout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. Our Recruit of the Week, uh, Lindale. Out east, they got an outstanding running back in Jordan Jenkins. Big game this week against Lamar Consolidated, but this guy ran for Eight rushing touchdowns in their big win over Jacksonville last week. Um, he's already got offers from Baylor, Arkansas, BYU, and Louisiana Monroe. Uh, 2021 kid. Uh, seems like uh, the momentum on recruiting is just getting going for him. I really, really like this kid's tape whenever I was watching. He does a lot of different things. They use him in the return game. Um, as a matter of fact, he was nominated for Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week last week, and he had a better game this week, scoring eight t- touchdowns in the historic Tomato Bowl, no oh, less. So, nice. I mean, that's awesome that uh, he was able to use that really stage. Renovated. And they have a big, uh, they have a big playoff game this week, which will pit two excellent running backs against each other. When you have Jordan Jenkins um, from Lindale squaring off against Lamar Consolidated's Tay McWilliams, and that game's at Trailer Stadium in 
Rosenberg in the 582 playoffs, and I think that's one to watch because that's probably I don't know what's the line on that one. I would guess I'm you know it, it's it should it should be a pretty entertaining game. I think. Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I believe Lamar Consolidated is the is like a six or seven point favorite. So it's me, a, yeah, it's a, ten, it's they're, a cl- ten, they're ten point favorites. But so it's, it's still, yeah. but it's a game that's oh yeah possibly winnable for Linda. And we've got a we've got an article coming up here on TexasFootball.com uh, in which Ishmael Johnson and I identify some upset alerts. <coughs> so. <laughs> There is that. Um, finally, let's get to our This Week in Recruiting Game of the Week. It's the Colony in Lancaster. Two programs we've talked about before on this on this segment. Um, and here in the DFW Metroplex, big-time matchup. Uh, I think we'll have a DCTF, lo- uh, DCTF presence there. Um, but, uh, I mean, from a high school football perspective, it's awesome. From a recruiting perspective, it's awesome. There's just a lot to like about this game. Yeah, I think both myself and Matt Stepp will be mm-hmm. at the game on Thursday. And it's probably the premier game. On on the Thursday slate, at least in DFW, yeah, yeah. in this in the area. So there's just a ton of recruits. Trey Bradford is obviously the headliner. He has yet to make his college commitment. He's considering schools, you know, like LSU, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Um, don't be surprised if he ends up in Big Ten country, uh, especially if LSU is able to uh, secure a commitment from Zachary Evans, which is kind of like the buzz I think right now. Is a lot of people really feeling LSU and the Tigers in the Zachary Evans recruitment, mm-hmm. uh, but. Many more players from that, especially 2023 running back Camden Wesley, who leads that team, uh, in, who leads the colony in rushing as his counterpart on you know the opposite side of the football. And Keith Miller, big-time wide receiver prospect, committed to Colorado. Um, can the colony knock off Lancaster? I know Lancaster's the favorite. I think it's a, I think it's gonna be a really good game. I think that Lancaster Lancaster's your favorite, but I think mm-hmm. that um, I, it would not be a surprise if that game is is a one score game into the fourth quarter. I think that's right. a really really interesting match. Well, saw, it's going to be a heavyweight match. Yeah, absolutely. I saw uh, Coach Ringel give a uh, give a pregame speech one time. Man, I was ready to run through a brick yeah. wall. So <laughs> expect that from the colony. Yeah, exactly. The uh, colony is a hard, always a hard-nosed mm-hmm. football team, and nothing's different this year. This is their most talented team ever that I since I've been covering high school football in Texas over the last you know 10 or 12 years. This is their most talented team. He is Greg Powers, Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at GPowerScout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. Powers, appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Let's do it. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Please consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. If you want more insights like that from Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting, go and sign up at TexasFootball.com slash insider. And the first magazine you get will be the recruiting magazine that I'm working on right now, and that's why I look very tired. <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football in partnership with Visit Fort Worth is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 11 Visit Fort Worth Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Jared Johnston from Shirts Clemens. In a battle of state-ranked teams playing for the District 26-6A title, Jared Johnston's Buffalo served notice to the state that they are a contender with an impressive 34-30 win over Converse Judson. In 5A, Chris Ross from Red Oak. In just his second season at the helm, Ross has taken Red Oak uh, program that was 5-35 and 35 in four years before his arrival and turned them into an outright district champion for the first time in 37 years with a 48-13 win over Seagaville. In 4A, Monty Stombaugh from Hidalgo. Coach Stump, as he's known in the Valley, has done it again, <laughs> turning around a Hidalgo program that had won just six games the previous five seasons with a 24-20 win over Kingsville, capping an 8-2 regular season. 
In 3A, Mark Chester from Blue Ridge. First-year coach Chester didn't arrive in town until the middle of June after a successful run as defensive coordinator at San Angelo Central. And his Tigers are hitting their stride, uh, improving to 6-4 and four with a 48-21 win over Paris Chisholm. In 2A, Brian Gibson from Wink. Coach Gibson's Wildcats took home their first district title since 2003 with a convincing 42-14 win over McCamey. <clears throat> and in 1A, Garrett Avalos from Rankin. Facing off against one of the six-man legends in Balmeray coach Vance Jones, Avalos guided his Red Devils to a 68-44 win over top-ranked and the previously unbeaten Bears to clinch the district title. So those are your Visit Fort Worth Coaches of the Week. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. <clears throat> Yes. You good there? <laughs> uh, no, I was going to tell you uh, when you were talking to earlier in the uh, free show to the pre show before the free show, mm-hmm. um, Matthew McSpadden said that this show is better than daytime television, which I thought was a, a that good is the compliment. nicest thing anyone's ever said about us. <laughs> I you. thought that was a pretty good. Uh, I th- I think you're right too. Yeah. I think you're right. Daytime television can be. Yeah. Hopefully, we're better than. Yeah. We might not be though. We are. <laughs> Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches with the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week and let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. So, uh, it all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 11 Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees... Vanderbilt Industrial Defensive Coordinator Craig Nairn. The Cobras mounted a heroic goal line stand, their second in two weeks, to hold off Edna and clinch the district championship. Fort Worth Castleberry Offensive Coordinator Zach Taylor, playing without their starting quarterback, the Lions, found a way past Fort Worth Benbrook 21-7, clinching both the playoff spot and the highest scoring average in school history. San Antonio Brennan Defensive Coordinator Mar- uh, Matthew Arafat, the Bears book into their regular season with shutouts, holding San Antonio Holmes to just 86 yards total offense in a 35-0 romp. And Lubbock Monterey offense coordinator Taylor Kane. The Plainsman rang up 557 yards of total offense, fueled by 260 yards and five scores through the air from Kaishon Harris, beating Lubbock High for the 12th consecutive time, 69-34. So those are your Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. There's a ton of people in the comments right now saying that they, they just saw everyone's picks. Mm-hmm. Our predictions are up at TexasFootball.com. They are, big time. And please never forget that I personally hate your favorite team. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out texasfootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That's our subscription package. Two magazines, years worth of exclusive online content. There's never been a better time to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. You get great online content right now. You get a recruiting magazine in your mail in a couple of weeks. Uh, it is. It gets you fueled for the playoffs. Everything you need. The game projections for all every Texas high school football game, every playoff game, is coming up on TexasFootball.com later today, plus our upset watch. We'll have that for insiders at TexasFootball.com, so go check it out. 21 pieces of content yesterday. 21 pieces of content. And we're still going with it. If you like content, please become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Ashley, let's go to the hotline. Let's bring in the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, the voice of the Texas High School Football State Championship Games, 
uh, and the voice of the Texas Longhorns. We are joined by Craig Way. Uh, Craig, happy playoffs, my friend. Yeah, you know, it got me to thinking. Do you and and Step uh, when you're when you're doing your playoff projections, mm-hmm. do you like gather like in your mom's basement and just mm-hmm. hunker down with a bunch of funyuns and mm-hmm. grape soda and stuff for the next you know eleven hours? Because I'm right there with you, by the way, on all of that, on on all the nerding out that goes along with such things. Uh, I I didn't think that that photo of us in my parents' basement with the grape soda and the funyuns would get out, but okay, yeah, fine. The, the secret's out. That's what Step and I do. I tweeted it. Um, yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> it is always this is always a, a really fun time of year. Uh, because this, you've got 352 win or go home games uh, in the UIL this weekend. Uh, the, the the brackets are out, but I'm going to put it to you this way: uh, we've got 12 brackets, right? There, there's 12 brackets, 6A Division One, all the way down to 1A Division Two. I'm going to ask you if you are, for some reason, if there is somebody who's like, you know, I don't have the bandwidth to pay attention to all 12 brackets. I just need one. I need one that I can follow. Give the people one bracket that you are most excited about that you would say, yeah, this is the one that you're going to get the most bang for your buck. Uh, I, I, you know, it's, it'd be easy, easy to say 6A Division one mm-hmm. simply because of what's going on in Region 3. I don't think there's any – I mean, you know, that's, that, that's uh, you know, the old uh, World Cup uh, uh, analogy, the group <laughs> of death. I mean, it really is. You know that that kind of thing. If you can get one, uh, one team, I, I'm really curious to see which team does emerge from Region Three and Six A D One. So, so that's that's one on my list. Uh, I think Three A Division uh, One in in Region was it Region Two is going to be a lot of fun yeah. to watch. Which which by the way, I think is is one of the best first round matchups. I'm I'm really curious about Grandview Rockdale. Absolutely, uh, that's that's one that that, that it comes to mind. So. There, there's there's several different like it'd be difficult to pick one, but those those two are probably the two regional brackets I think that stand out to me more than any other. Um, you are you're now looking at at the way that the brackets have shaped out, and, and I know that this is something we talked about on your show about how. Um, and I just kind of want to reiterate it about how you know the the brackets come out and people are saying, man, look at that and look at that really tough draw that that team did, and and it seems to me that. Like Texas, this is why Texas high school football nerds like me and you and Step and a handful of others pay so much attention, not necessarily to uh, to the way that game or not only the games that are happening in one particular season, but also to realignment, which is coming up again in February. This is to me, this is when the roadmap for the playoffs gets really set. We're just kind of finally filling in the pieces here. Speaking of being in your mom's basement, grape soda and funyuns. My goodness, you know when it comes to realignment, they're talking about geeking out. Uh, you're right. I'm with you, and we did talk about that the other day. How how uh, you know we're seeing some of those some of those matchups that are very very intriguing, and the way that it really started way on back ultimately perhaps may shape how realignment goes. And these are the games that will be played, so to speak, in February when we look at all that. Which, by the way, another trickle-down effect of that would be who you schedule in non-district play. I mm-hmm. just had Todd Dodds, the Westlake coach, on my uh, radio show just a little while ago, and he comes into the studio every week, and we're sitting there, and we're, we're talking about his matchup against Steele, which I think is as intriguing a 6A matchup or, or just about any matchup in by district because you've got what in your final rankings the number 12 and 23 teams in the state mm-hmm. facing off and against one another in round one 
And, and we're talking about that, and he said, you know, I'll tell you this about Steele. It's not somebody I want to play in non-district, let alone by district. He goes, I won't necessarily, he goes, and I like Coach Signs, but I don't think I'll necessarily be on the phone uh, when realignment comes out asking him, hey, you want to play in non-district? That's how tough a, tough a matchup he's viewing this one. So to your point, you're right. And and it ultimately leads down the trickle down to uh, to realignment and then who these schools are selecting to play in non-district starting in fall 2020. It's Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, joining us here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Okay, so you brought up the Westlake and Steel game, and that is one of the premier games in the first round of the Texas High School Football Playoffs. It's going down 7.30 p.m. Friday at, at, at Chaparral Stadium. Um, this is, to me, what I love about matchups like this is you get a first-round cross-regional matchup. That You've got a lot of games that are two East Texas teams or two DFW teams or two West Texas teams playing one another. Here you have two different major metro areas now duking it out in the first round of the playoffs, but it speaks to, and I don't know if you have this stat, but the last since 2017, when Austin in 6A, when Austin has played San Antonio head-to-head, Austin is 13-4. and four in those games. Um, I guess, is there any reason to believe that that script is going to be flipped? Because right now, it seems like, at least in the past, in recent history, Austin has had the upper hand whenever they've played their, their brethren from the, from the Alamo City. And as you know, Chap, the way the bracket works, they're, they're not only going to, Austin will not only face the San Antonio area in round one, they're going to play them in round two mm-hmm. also, by district and area. And, and so the heavy load in on that as we know, it's heavily weighted on the accomplishments of Lake Travis and Westlake yes. because they've been they they've been sailing through that sort of thing. So it's been the third and fourth place finishers, which in this case this year would be Hayes and Bowie, who would probably those third and fourth place finishers are the ones that are winding up on the short end of that, the four losses. And I think that'll be the case again uh, this year. I do think that that Hayes really has its work. Uh, cut out for them going up against Judson, and Bowie does against Clemens. So it's going to be difficult. But I do like, um, you know, some of the conversation about it. And, and again, I'm referring to Todd Dodge talking about how it's a good enough team. He says this is a good enough team, uh, Steel, obviously, to be a deep, deep playoff contender. There's a a phrase that I like to use at this time of year, Jeff, and and I really ascribe it to my district matchups. Because you have the whole bracket. Because you've heard it, I've heard it, mm-hmm. Ashley's heard it, a lot of people have heard it where they say, well, that team shouldn't have trouble with that. But even if they do, <laughs> that team's not going to win a state championship. You know, They'll say that team's not going to win a state championship. And, and, and what I like to say about it is, when you're playing a team in the playoffs, any round of the playoffs, the team you're playing might not be good enough to win a state title. But they're good enough to beat you mm-hmm. that night if you're not ready. And that's that's the thing. On a, any given round of the playoffs, uh, some team might be on a Cinderella run. They might not be good enough to win the state. But if they're on the run, they're good enough to beat you if you're not on your game. And, and I think Coach Dodge feels the same way about his team. I think Hank Carter feels the same thing about taking on uh, a, a Larry Hill Hall of Fame coach uh, uh, Smithson Valley coach team, and, and I think you can you can apply that to just about any team across the day. You know, Bob Wager and Arlington Martin. What what must he be thinking about matching up with Brent Davis? You know, in San Angelo Central. You know, it, it, when you're going up against well prepared, well coached teams, 
even if you're thought to be the, the, the odds-on favorite in a given-by-district matchup, things can and do happen. We've seen it happen at this level more than any other round of the playoffs. Well, and, and beyond that, to, to, just to, to kind of put a, put a fine point on that, if you go and you look at just last year, just last year, where you had Richardson Pierce taking out Cedar Hill, uh, Jerry Forrest, our data partner, uh, had Richardson Pierce as a 36-point underdog. 36-point underdog. And, and all it takes, and that's what I love about this time of year, because how many teams have we talked about over the course of the regular season that they take a loss and you go, well, you know what? They just, they just had an off night. It just it, it wasn't clicking for them. They turned the ball over. They put the ball on the ground. They'll be fine, stuff like that. There's no more of that. If you have a bad game, you're hanging up pads on Saturday or Sunday. Like That is the, 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 the beauty of this time of year. And I would say, and I imagine when you talk with coaches, not the terror, but certainly <laughs> it is in the back of their mind that, oh, boy, we have to come out here and pl- I don't care who we're playing. We have got to come out there and play well because if we go down in the first round – it's basketball season on Monday. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And, and uh, you know, it, it does make me wonder, by the way, I did not see Jerry's computer projection on on Cedar Hill, Pierce, Roman numeral two. Uh, so I, I, I am kind of curious to up. see what, uh, you know, what, what his, his readout on it is this particular year. Mm-hmm. I know that Bob Ballou, the uh, sports anchor down here in Austin and proud Pierce graduate, goes, two for two, baby, it's happened, two for two. And then he, <laughs> then he stopped and he said, is it really going to happen? I was like, did you really think well, it would happen the first time? Yeah, well, the, uh, if you're interested, the computer has Cedar Hill as just 34-point favorites, so they think the gap is narrowed. Uh, but I will tell you... <laughs> yeah, there you go. By, by the way, Bob Ballou, uh, also a Mizzou grad, worth mentioning, i got to shout that out. But, yes. But that's the thing, is that it, it is, it's, it's it, like any given, every, any given Sunday is such a, such a, a cliche, but it's so true here that we're going to be in here, you're going to be on our show next Tuesday, I'm booking you right now, we're going to be on our show next Tuesday talking about... The talking about the playoffs, and we're going to be talking about two or three games that we are not even thinking about right now. They're just like, okay, like mentally, we've penciled that team in the next round. It will happen. A Spearman over Cisco last year. Like there are these huge, huge upsets that we go back a couple of years ago. If you remember when Hondo in back-to-back years qualified for the playoffs at one and nine or two and eight, and then knocked off a nine and one or two or ten and zero team, like. That's the fun part of this time of year is not the games that we're like, certainly Steele and Westlake is going to be fun. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Katie Tompkins and Fort Penn Travis. I'm excited about a lot of games across the state. But what I'm most excited about are the games that I'm not excited about right now. Like, because it seems like on, on Tuesday, we're going to be talking about some game that nobody saw coming. Yep. And, and it's lurking out there. And I, and I think back down in these parts for the long beloved late great baseball coach at the University of Texas, Augie Garrido, who won five national championships, and he used to say going into the playoffs every year, into the regionals, he said, there will be a team that will be in the super regionals that you would have had no idea mm-hmm. would be in the super regionals is going to win a regional. Somebody is going, a three-seed or a four-seed out of four teams is going to win a regional, and you would have no, and, and it applies in Texas high school football, you mentioned Hondo. The, I think it was the two and eight team that won two games mm-hmm. in in the playoffs. And they, you know, here they were sitting in uh, round three at four and eight. But look, last year, you know, Decatur was four and six going in. They make it to the final four. Their final record is eight and seven. Think about that. <laughs> a, a school that lost seven ball games was in the final four when all was said and done. 
that's what this year is all about. That's what every year is all about. If you're not ready to go and teams get on a row and they get the feeling good and free and loose, knowing they've got nothing to lose and everything to gain, and, and that's part of that beauty of what you talk about about this time of year. Well, one last question for Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. Um, now, I know you love your, your, your gig as the Longhorns play-by-play voice. I know you do. Um, but you I especially will, love it on weekends when I'm going to Ames, Iowa. Let I, me tell you, that's kind of where I was going <laughs> with it. West you you will be you will be on a you will be you will not be on high school scoreboard live on Friday night um, for uh, for our by district kind of uh, extravaganza because you will be in Ames ready to call the Longhorns taking on uh, the Cyclones on uh, at 2:30 p.m. on Saturday. I mean. I feel like I know the answer to this, but this is killing you, right? You know what? I actually thought about uh, going to an Iowa high school football playoff game on Friday night, and I probably would if it wasn't supposed to be like 46 below or something, you know? So I'm probably not going to venture out into that deal. That's how much I do miss it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I am going to definitely avail myself of some Thursday playoff action down here uh, in the greater Austin area with Cedar Park playing McCallum. I might even venture over to Marble Falls to see Mason and Thrall. I I, I have to get at yeah. least some quasi-fix before getting on a plane to go to the barren, uh, snow-capped uh, <laughs> hinterlands of the upper Midwest. He is the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, Craig Way. Follow him on Twitter at CraigWay1. Uh, of course, listen to his fine work on uh, the high school spotlight uh, down on the Horn in Austin. And, of course, hear his call of Longhorns and Cyclones coming up here on Saturday. Craig, appreciate your time, my friend, and uh, safe travels. Enjoy the playoffs, and we will talk to you next week. Let the postseason and all of its beautiful 714 glory begin. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. There he goes, Craig Way, the Texas High School Football <clears throat> Hall of Famer. I get choked up when I talk about Craig. Aww, um, how sweet. The Texas High School Football Hall of Famer <laughs> joins us uh, normally every Tuesday. We bumped into Wednesday today. We appreciate his time. Um, and he is excited. I, I, I know. As he should be. I know. <laughs> As everyone should be. I know it's killing him. I know, I know it's killing him to not be doing scoreboard because I yeah. know this is one of his. It's like state championship week, by district week, last week, week 11. Uh, and then, um, and then week one; those are like his favorite oh, times. Yeah. So I know it's killing him, uh, but I will be uh, inadequately attempting to fill his shoes on high school scoreboard live. So make sure you tune in. <laughs> I hope he goes to that uh, that Marble Falls game. Yeah, that That'd would be, be cool. Yeah, it's close to home Falls, for me. Uh, Mason and Thrall. Yeah, that should be fun. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Um, so we have uh, first four through the door. It was uh, Daniel Agnew, Brent Homan, Matthew McSpadden, and John Velo. 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 I think his kid is up for player of the week. Hey, congratulations, kid. Um, Zach, I think. <laughs> okay, I so, oh, Aaron Flynn, he actually has two of, he's had some good comments today. Actually, two of the final thoughts comments. So, one, on heater. he said, uh, remember to at Tepper and complain about number of the number of teams in the playoffs. He says you love that. There may have been a so rant on yesterday's yeah. Tep and Step. Oh, I saw him. May have been a rant <laughs> on yesterday's Tep and Step about, um, a certain generation 
<laughs> that is uh, very upset that too many teams make the playoffs. That's the uh, that's the first thing you said to me yesterday. Hey, I went on a rant. Wanted to let you know. <laughs> Just know that you may get some tweets. <laughs> I did actually. I got I got added to yeah. a couple times. So uh -huh. there's that. Um, Aaron Flynn with the last one. So this goes back to the King of the Hill conversation, yes. which was in the free show before the pre-show. So make sure to watch that. A Facebook and TexasFootball.com exclusive. It won't be on the podcast. It will not be on the podcast. So you got to tune in on Facebook. Um, he said couldn't find Belton's middle school mascot. Um, um, or wait, he said couldn't find it, but Belton's middle school mascot is Ashley Pickle's favorite mascot, the Armadillos. You can't take that. I'm taking it. Oh, I'm so taking it. You can't. Look, this is this That's is a this is a hostile takeover. <laughs> so, I appreciate it. So taking, so no. taking it. Um, he said, uh, Mc, how do you say it? McManaberry. McManaberry. Yeah. Uh, he, he doesn't have a mascot. It says they just give Bobby McManaberry whoopings. Yeah. So. I need to. I just need to run back through that show. I'm watching. We've been watching a lot of. Um, we're running back through the office. Yeah, as now. one should. Forever. Um, I'm still trying to catch up on this last season of BoJack Horseman. So I've got a lot of animation uh, that I got to yeah. get through, and then of course, the goat, the Simpsons, is still going. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us tomorrow. A big, spectacular week twelve buy district preview with the picks, free money, all sorts of good stuff. You will not want to mm -hmm. miss it. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks to Greg Powers, the next level athlete. Thanks to Craig Way. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your player of the year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.